AviationPros.com is the portal website for AMT, airport business, and ground support worldwide magazines. Visit daily for breaking news, industry blogs, and insightful articles from our magazine's editorial team. And don't forget to sign up for our publication's daily e-newsletters. It's all at AviationPros.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Aviation Pros Podcast. I'm Joe Petrie, Editorial Director for Aviation Pros. Private aviation company Jetlinks is making a strong entrance into the Florida market with the recent opening of a new private terminal at Opelaka Executive Airport and the acquisition of the Southern Jet at Boca Raton Airport. I recently spoke with Jamie Walker, President and CEO of Jetlinks, about the moves and how the company is positioning itself to grow as we move past the pandemic. So first off, I just want to thank you for speaking with me today. Um, I, tell me a little bit about why South Florida is seen as such a prime market for Jetlinks. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. Um, so we've been in business since 1999, and over the last call it, 23 years uh, since we founded a company in Omaha, Nebraska, Florida has been on our radar. Um, we knew when, from inception in Omaha that. It would take us a number of years to develop the business and, and the infrastructure and the model necessary to uh, open a Florida location. But along the way, through our expansion efforts, we have many, many clients from, from our called 21 locations flying down to Florida. So while we didn't have a presence in Florida, our presence that began in Omaha and extends to St. Louis and Chicago and New York and Boston and D.C. and Atlanta and all the other communities we serve nationwide, we have a lot of our, our clients who fly down to Florida for both uh, business and leisure travel. And so the the kind of the culmination of, of that step into Florida is really not only to serve the, the local South Florida marketplace, but also better serve our customers nationwide who are flying into Florida. So it has been uh, a goal of the company for, for quite some time to get to the Florida marketplace to kind of book in that experience for those clients flying in and out of Florida, but also to start serving the, the local Florida marketplace with the unique service offering that we provide. So it's been a, a long time coming and and, and does uh, complement the, the pre-existing business that, that we had coming in Florida. Um, so it's a nice compliment to, to be able to now serve both Florida and the, the clients that we have nationwide flying into Florida. Now, tell me a little bit about the market in terms of business aviation and those travelers that you're going to be serving. I mean, what kind of values will Jetlinks be able to bring to that market in terms of the product you offer? Sure. So um, our business model is a, is a bit unique from from maybe some of the other service offerings that, that are there to to not only serve the Florida marketplace, but but really uh, across the the domestic U.S. and that we we like to couple um, what is really a, a local service offering, uh, which is done very well by by many uh, local companies in our industry. Um, but what those local companies um, fall short of doing is is really providing the the infrastructure and, and buying power and and uh, guarantees that a national organization does because of their their small local presence and, and small fleet sizes. Most of them, you know, range anywhere from a couple airplanes to maybe up to a dozen airplanes, and they're just not able to reach that point where they can provide 
their aircraft owners uh, meaningful buying power and, and discounts off of all the uh, services between maintenance and flight training and all the other things that it takes to operate an airplane. So we like to have that local approach that those local companies do, but bring the scale of a national organization and, and all those, those previously said benefits to those local aircraft owners. So we're unique in our value proposition that we're able to offer the local service offering, but couple it with that, that national infrastructure and buying power. Um, so on the aircraft management side, um, we've been in very successful in, in winning local aircraft um, with the combination of those value propositions. And then the other side of our business is our jet card program. And we also have a, a joint ownership program that kind of fits between uh, whole aircraft uh, management and, and the jet card program. But on the jet card program side, um, similar in that we're the only national provider of a, of a, of a local jet card service offering. So our, our local aircraft owners and our jet card members go through a local private terminal experience rather than, rather than through an FBO. And uh, they call a local number. They deal with a local team. So 100% of their interface on both the jet card side and the aircraft owner side is is a local interface, um, which is which is quite different and, and frankly unique. We're the only ones that are that are providing that level of service to the jet card uh, consumer as well. So in doing so and and having both localized, we're also able to, from a jet card perspective, offer great value proposition in terms of our hourly rates. So uh, our model allows us to significantly reduce the number of deadheads uh, for aircraft, empty aircraft flying around to service our jet card base. So oftentimes, and, and I'd say a large majority of the time, Miami is an example, a local Miami jet card client calls our local Miami number uh, and works with that local team um, for their flight needs. And that that oftentimes that that airplane is already based locally, uh, is managed locally uh, with a local flight crew. And so we're able to uh, meet the jet card member where they're at. And and by doing so, we're able to, again, eliminate a lot of the deadhead that challenges the, the industry and, and national operators. And and by doing so, we're able to, to provide a much better hourly rate and more competitive hourly rate than than maybe some of the, the other options that that they could get in the form of a guaranteed jet card program offering now i know it's early into this four-way into the market tell me a little bit about how it has been received so far in terms of what you're offering in the south florida market and you know what opportunities you're looking at into the future and how you can expand the customer base yeah so um it's interesting when when we first started to um look to open our our miami location it was actually early 2020 is is when we were, we were prepared to to th- throw a stake in the ground and and start developing the the South Florida marketplace. And uh, late February 2020 was was my last visit down there and shook hands with our with our partner down in Opalaka who provides us all of our our hangar and, and fueling capabilities. And by March of 2020, everybody obviously took a pause uh, on a global scale from from doing much. And so we really had to to patiently wait um, to enter the Florida marketplace until the pandemic began to to appear as if it'd be in our rearview mirror. And so we we did delay the opening. And during that time, um, 
private jet travel really uh, dropped significantly, uh, very similar to the commercial airlines. We saw uh, in April 2020, we saw uh, up to a 90% drop in, in flight activity. So um, going through 2020, we were cautiously optimistic that we'd have a, an opportunity to, to renew the relationship that we were developing in, in Miami and open that location. Little did we know that the pendulum would, would swing uh, quite far the other way and that business not only rebounded from, from the depths of, of what we experienced in 2020, but it's rebounded to the point where not only our, our Florida, our new Florida location, but um, nationwide, we've we moved into a period where we suspended sales. And, and beginning in October of last year through uh, December, we suspended sales and, and we didn't sign up any new Jet Card members. And that included our, our new Miami, uh, Florida location. And that we just wanted to make sure that we had enough availability of our, call it 120 airplanes uh, in that fleet to, to provide service to those members that we already served. So entering the, the Miami and South Florida marketplace has been interesting in terms of a timing perspective because while while we want to you know open up the floodgates and and let uh, everyone in that marketplace experience JetLink's difference in, a, in our in our five star service, uh, we've had to really temper uh, the inflow of of JetCard members. So the demand has been very high, uh, not only not only in Miami for our services and and now Boca Raton, but um, it, we've had to, to temper how many new Jack Card members we could sign up just to make sure that we service them all. So the short answer to your question is uh, we, it's been received very well. Um, we just wish we, we had uh, 250 airplanes to serve everybody. So uh, hopefully we can continue to add new aircraft in the marketplace and, and let a few more Jack Card members uh, start and join our service than, than we do today. So we really haven't had the opportunity yet to to, I guess, let everybody into the club. Um, but we're we're developing a plan to hopefully start feathering a few more in here. Uh, we do have a little bit of a wait list that, that has developed, but we we do think we'll be able to start servicing some additional Jack Card members here in the in the not too distant future. Now that area of the country, it's a very strong market when it comes to private and business aviation travel. And the competition is fierce, not just for customers, but also labor as well, which has been a challenge across the industry for some time. And been it's gotten a little bit more challenging, it seems, since the pandemic has waned a little bit. Can you tell me a little bit about how you're planning to address labor challenges and really make sure that you're able to keep providing the service levels that you want? Yeah, you bet. Um, and as you can imagine, with as many locations as we do serve, as many states as, as we serve, we're as far west as, as Arizona and, and now as far east as Florida up to New York and uh, across to Minnesota. And so we have a, a very large uh, presence uh, nationwide. And so we're seeing those, those labor shortages uh, not unique to, to any individual market. It's, it's a challenge across all of our locations. Um, and I guess one of the advantages that, that we have and that we've seen, um, and as recently as this week when I was sitting with our new hire class, because about every week we have a new hire class uh, that I visit with, um, it's, it's amazing to, to see when, when uh, new team members join uh, and I get to learn more about them and, and maybe why they selected us over some of their other options. Um, 
a lot of it um, boils down to, to things much greater than than comp and work-life balance and all those things, but it's it's the culture of the company. And that's something that we've been, you know, developing for 23 years. Uh, as I mentioned, we're, we're headquartered and we were founded at Omaha, Nebraska. And, and from our roots, we wanted to make sure that we, we could retain the, the kind of culture that, that allowed us to find success in Omaha to find success in Miami and, and all the other locations we serve. So what we found in today's very challenging you know, employment marketplace is that the, the culture we've developed has been uh, a huge differentiator for us in, in winning the talent that, that we've been, been trying to go after, not only in, in Miami, but in, in uh, all of our markets. So uh, having said that, we, are, we, we have very competitive comp and, and benefit programs. So we are, I'd say, at the top of the industry when it comes to uh, those team members who, who do balance some of those things when they're making their decisions. So it's not to say that we rest entirely on, on our culture, but um, it, it is a, a large motivating factor because if all else is equal, we're finding that we're, we're, we're having great success of, of winning the talent we're going after. Um, if we can tip those scales a little bit in our advantage, it's, it's on the culture side. And my last question for you today, labor isn't the only challenge right now in the market. Uh, Obviously, fuel is also a big concern, especially with the rising prices we're starting to see. Tell me, how is this impacting it? How is this impacting everything for you? And, you know, what steps are you guys taking to try and mitigate this to make sure that it doesn't overprice any of your products? So um, our our pricing when it comes to to fuel and maintenance and all those those items that are the largest uh, cost of operation for an aircraft owner uh, because of our size and scale we've been able to negotiate um, uh, industry best pricing um, where where frankly we got um, caught um, most recently on on the spiking fuel is. We hadn't experienced yet uh, a marketplace where fuel had spiked that quickly. And what used to be a, a quarterly adjustment that we'd make on the fuel surcharge side for our jet card members that then translates to uh, fuel reimbursement to our aircraft owners, um, we made a change from quarterly to monthly. Um, so that was, you know, you're, you're always learning something new and something that, that, that we learned uh, during this most recent spike in fuel is, Doing it on a quarterly basis is just too long of a period, and it really needs to be managed on a on a monthly basis to make sure that you're you're caught up and and you can stay ahead of uh, those rising prices and and frankly uh, dropping prices. So uh, I'd say that that for for us that was a a change that that we had just recently made here in in March to to better manage through the the fuel price fluctuations that that we had been experiencing, but. Our, our our aircraft owners and and our jet card members are quite um, uh, content with with the fuel surcharges that are being passed on because of the the bulk buying power we bring. They 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 aren't astronomical in terms of of uh, the number that we're passing along. They're 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 very reasonable in in comparison. Wonderful, Jamie. It was great talking to you today. Uh, really hoping to hear a lot more about success in that South Florida market and beyond for Jetlinks. Yeah, you bet. Uh, again, thank you for having me. Uh, I, I enjoyed the discussion and look forward to our next one. Thanks again for listening to today's podcast. For the latest news on business and private aviation, 
Make sure to subscribe to our daily FBO newsletter and check out our website, aviationpros.com. I'm Joe Petrie. We'll see you next time.